Welcome back to the Fear and Beer Podcast, where we discuss all things Halloween Horror Nights, horror movies, and just a little bit of beer. So kill the lights, grab a cold one, and join us as we dive into this mad world we love. I'm Nick. I'm Seamus. And I'm Jamie. Like scary movies. Uh-huh. Here's Johnny. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You miss me. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? As a reminder to all listening, if you want to help us to continue growing as a podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on whichever streaming platform you use. To stay up to date with us and all of our episodes, be sure to follow all of our socials. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Fear and Beer Pod. Feel free to reach out to us. We love to interact with you all. We have figured out all of our technical difficulties. Uh, Jamie's computer is not broken, and I guess to address the elephant in the room, if you're watching on video format, yes, I have mutton chops and a mustache. It was for a work party. Do not ask about it. It is fine. I am okay. <laughs> no one's holding me against my will and shaving down oh. my face into various, you know, facial features. Clearly, he kept it though. So, what does oh, that tell oh, you? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure everyone knows that I'm I'm safe and nobody's holding me against my will, making me do these things. I choose to ruin my face on my own accord. Uh, Today, we are going to be going over some, speaking of faces, let's go over some old faces in new positions. And that would be this whole potential shift of this whole new icon, but kind of an older character kind of thing that we saw with Dr. Oddfellow this past year. They definitely tapped into the history of HHN, plucked out a very, you know, unknown figure you know he was really just in like one house and from all accounts you couldn't really find a true image of this character but they tied him back into current day they brought him all the way around they reinvented him and that kind of got the wheels turning we're like well they work in trends hhn that's pretty proven so what trend are we going to be seeing next is it going to be this icon treatment so might as well pick some older characters that you know, maybe should have been icons, were icons or scrapped icons, just popular polarizing characters that maybe could be given such treatment. And we're going to kind of dive into that. And we we don't have a, you know, a crazy amount because I didn't know how much time we we're going to spend on this, but there's a lot of other characters that we could have thrown into this. So I think that this is going to be, I don't want to call it a series, but this is definitely going to be multiple episodes in the future because we can go past the characters we're going to talk about today. And I think it's an interesting discussion to have. So I'd be, I'm interested to see where it goes today, but I'm also interested for the future to see which other characters we can pull from various, you know, houses, zones, what have you, because there's, there's a lot out there that can be kind of dusted off and brought to current day standards. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. And then let's get into beer. I think this is the first time the three of us have been all together. We were trying to do it last week, but it's been a little minute. Just, it's been a minute. A broken, we had a broken computer. So um, I got my handy dandy little claw beer opener over here. Um, I'm drinking Sam Adams. It's a cold IPA. I'm still running through my stash of various winter beers. I do not drink beer, you know, just kind of by myself at home as much as I used to. So it takes me a little bit longer to get through these large variety packs when I purchase them, but tried and true, just crisp, hoppy style beer. Uh, Sam Adams doesn't put out anything really that's terrible. So I'm, I'm down with that, but am I the only one drinking tonight? For the moment. Mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> For the time. Drinking, okay. drinking uh, Gatorade. <laughs> electrolytes. 
electrolytes. Nice. That's the post the post alcohol drink right and there. Hopefully, maybe I'll have a I'll have a good old silver bullet mm. at some point. Ah, crispy, hoppy, tasty, delicious. All right. So we did put this question out on on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that, and it got a lot of people talking, and a lot of people mentioned characters that we were going to cover tonight, regardless. And there's some that people pointed out that we, I just didn't really put down on the list yet because I figured we'll just kind of duck into that into a different episode. But I, I guess I'll kick us off. And that would be probably one of the more popular names that I saw being thrown out there. And that is Eddie. Eddie Schmidt. He is, if you are unaware, the backstory of him was that he is Jack's brother. They were both born in the same uh, Shady Brook rest home in the 1800s. And he was a scrapped icon. He was supposed to be the icon for the 2001 event, but that got pushed because of the terror attacks. It was supposed to be a very heavy gore, very violent style year. And they they obviously pushed that and they they brought Jack in because, you know, the clown figure was a little less less real. They changed a lot of the blood to green and, and just kind of altered the event to make it just a little bit more at ease, I guess is the best way to put it. But he was supposed to appear in the run haunted house, but he did later appear at future events. So he did appear at the run uh, later on down the road and he did appear in the Jack's 25 years monsters and mayhem. And he appeared at the 30th anniversary for his little scare zone, the lights camera action. But I just don't think his due was fully there. He has a pretty extensive story. So we'll kind of run through it just as quickly as I can without being too like repetitive on stuff like that. But he is sort of that obsessive 80s slasher fan, Texas Chainsaw and stuff like that. And, and the character himself, when he was younger, he would set up haunted houses, kind of like how we would do it. But he would only but he would later get trapped in his trailer the the local kids thought it was a prank and they kind of set it on fire almost like Kane from WWE but he, he that's why he wears that the mask and he used to wear the clown makeup to kind of disguise his his disfiguration and then he kind of made his own spin of Jack's funhouse Jack had a funhouse but Eddie made sort of a game show and he called it run and it that visitors had to kind of get out of torture devices almost like saw something along those lines um, and he was all into that slasher chainsaw kind of stuff. Later down the road, Jack financed this with him and he reopened run. But this time, this version was a murder for hire, torture, kill, think hostile style thing. And the funny part that this ties into future now is he did promote this under the name Oddfellow's Ultimate Ventures. So there is a tie with Oddfellow. Now us seeing Oddfellow current day. It's almost like we the door's a little open. The door's cracked a little bit for us to see that kind of present itself again. Um, but yeah, and that's really all we got for him. He was just kind of seen here and there in various little spots. He was geared up and ready to go to be that full icon status. But I think we'll just let's just go around right now since I just kind of did that whole talk and I'll let you both kind of say your piece about Eddie and then we can kind of discuss maybe how he could be seen in the future 
uh, whoever wants to kind of go off on Eddie, do your do your thing because it's something that's we haven't really we we we've all seen because we all saw thirty, but we never got to fully see what he could have been. I feel like he pretty much said it. I kind of feel like his he never really got his shot at stardom, I guess, compared to Jack. So I think he would. And I guess you could argue, too, that he was noted as an icon, but he never really got that full icon treatment since it had to get scrubbed and stuff like that for the idea that they had for that year. But I think it would be pretty realistic to have him back. And I think that instead of using him as a full full on icon, I think it'd be fun to see him in another iteration kind of of like how you were saying with the run house and stuff like that. I think it would be kind of cool how Dr. Oddfellow, even though he was the icon this year, I feel like his house was more of the main attraction versus his front entrance scare zone and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if I can add a whole lot to it other than what you guys have already covered. I I think that he kind of just got the short end of the stick, but at the same time, um, at this point, how much does he add if you were to do a full, you know, year dedicated yeah. to him, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you're going to talk, kind of talk, talk about that. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know enough about his backstory other than what you've already told me. So I don't really have anything else to add and in I, addition to it, but. I feel like it's kind of difficult too, because I feel like with Dr. Oddfellow, I mean, the praise was pretty well-rounded this year with Dr. Oddfellow because I was kind of worried that not many people, unless you're deep into the lore of HHN and stuff like that, like we are, and we really like that kind of things, it would be hard to kind of relate because you wouldn't really know who that character was compared to when they had the storyteller or Lady Luck or Jack for that matter. I feel like even though the storyteller and Lady Luck aren't as notable characters as Jack and notable icons. You kind of get the gist of them from what they are. But I feel like with someone like Eddie, you would kind of have to learn that whole backstory, kind of how you did with Oddfellow. And I feel like maybe since Oddfellow got his chance this year, I feel like he didn't really have that opportunity before like Eddie did. So maybe maybe Eddie time, Eddie's time is gone. Maybe it's too late. <laughs> if that makes sense with how I'm saying it. Yeah, I don't at this point because of Oddfellow, I'm not willing to say <laughs> any it's too late. You know, we they kind of pulled a, an absolute nothing of a character, dusted him off completely and brought him up. The only difficult and part that's what that I'm I saying, see, it got good review, yeah. The only difficult part that I see is that Oddfellow was you didn't have much to work with because you know they, they got about as close to a fresh start as possible. They picked a character that didn't have a whole lot that they already knew of. You know, they didn't really have a physical appearance, so they kind of got to do everything they wanted. Whereas Eddie, we know what he looks like. We know his story. Now it's just a matter of, can we tweak it enough to make it plausible to make him come back? I think the whole, there's a couple different routes you could take, I think. Um, I mean, the three that jump out immediately is just give him his year, turn it into a slashery style year. That's kind of one option. That's the easiest route. You're not really changing much, uh, but you're kind of going with the plan that you had in place. One of the other plans, I would say, is tap into that Oddfellow story and 
something along the lines of, you know, Oddfellow caught wind of this, that they're using his name without his without his proper consent. Uh, there's some sort of Eddie Oddfellow feud. Eddie tries to come back or, you know, Oddfellow tries to get the name from him, something along those lines. Or you could do the jealousy route, right, where Eddie is jealous that Jack had gotten all the limelight when it was really supposed to be him. And you can kind of lean into reality in the sense that, you know, Eddie can have this whole shtick about, you know, my year was taken from me or, you know, my fame was stolen from me. Uh, and I think that's the route I would like to see. And yeah. again, it would be another year. You're sort of dancing around Jack, uh, but you could do it without having Jack's side really be presented. We know Jack's side, but you could just do something along the lines of Eddie claiming, you know, his fame was stolen. This was all supposed to be his horror nights was supposed to be under his, you know, reign or something like that. But I, I think that I would like to do something like that. And I would give Eddie a little bit of a, uh, appearance upgrade. I, I I think it would be too boring to just bring him back as we've seen him in at you know thirty and stuff like that. So a, a little zhuzh up, give him a fresh paint job, and send him out off the lot. That was one of my things too. I was gonna say I feel like he needs a little makeover, maybe because I feel like Jack and some of the other icons have such distinguished looks that he could he could use a little sprucing up. <laughs> yeah, but is this something you think you think we'll ever see Eddie again? Or at least do you think we'll see Eddie in this format, I guess, is the best way to ask it. I think it's a possibility. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't happen necessarily. I don't think it will, but I think they've had plenty of opportunities since. I mean, that was so many, it was so long ago that it happened. Like they've had more than enough opportunity to go back and, and do it, and they haven't. So I don't know what, I mean, maybe you're kind of already past like the anniversary at this point. Like, so what, what reason would they have to do it? I guess, especially considering they just did odd fellow. So would they want to do something more like, even though it's not Jack related, it's still Jack adjacent. So like, do they really want to do it so quickly? So soon, maybe in a few years, but I can't imagine they do it anytime soon. Yeah. I'm kind of in that same boat too, where, I think a lot of these other characters I think are more appealing to me because it has no attachment to Jack. There's no reliance on Jack being a part of the story. And I think that's, that's an upgrade. Obviously Jack is going to be their number one, their, their main guy. That's the moneymaker right there, but you really need to build that roster. And I I think if you're going to attach everybody to him, it sort of just hurts you in the long run. I feel like, I feel like that most icons at this point, if they're going to do something like that, because like we've already we, we we already know that they don't really do icons in that sense anymore. Um, they obviously do, but like it's not. I don't know if it's the same fanfare. At least it appears that way to me. I mean, obviously, I, w- I had never been to really any other event where they introduced an icon like that, so I don't really know what it's like. But it just didn't feel. Even last year, it didn't really feel like it was Odd Fellows' event, even though he was the main guy, it didn't feel like his event. Uh, and I don't know if that's because, you know, they, all the tie-ins, they kind of like hit it in each house and they're like, you know, you got to look for it, but it's not easy to pick out. And you don't really know unless you go on like the behind the scenes tours where they tell you like, Hey, oh, this symbol is tying to Oddfellow in certain ways. And unless you're like an Uber, you know, hardcore person when it comes to like reading into every last bit of lore, 
you're not going to know that without being told. So I don't know. I feel like there's not enough with Eddie's character to really, I, I don't think there's enough in his character to really pull a 10 house event and base it around him. But maybe that's just me. Um, I think they're going more cosmic with it. Like you, if you're going to do an icon, there has to be some level of cosmic reason for him to be the, or him or her to be the icon. And that way you can tie all the houses together in some way. So I don't know. I, I maybe, but I'll, I mean, that's the best I'd leave it as like, you know, it, 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 I'd never say never, but personally, I don't think, I don't think it would happen. And I don't know if I want it to, I almost like Eddie being where he is now and just leave it at that. Yeah. You can kind of show up as is at, as you know, the, the clear number two or whatever, and just kind of make an appearance every right. now and then. Um, yeah, I'm kind of on that same boat too. I don't, I don't really think this will be something that happens just like I said, because of that whole Jack adjacent stuff. I think there's other people and other characters where they're kind of like that Dr. Oddfellow where it's a, a cleaner slate to work with and you don't have to really worry about stepping on history's toes at all. Uh, but we'll move right along to the next the next character or characters. Um, and Seamus, I'll let you kind of talk about these these fine folk for a little bit and we'll we'll kind of discuss these. Yeah. So we're gonna move into uh, another we'll call it a group of characters, because this isn't like one character, but it's kind of like a a team of people, we'll mm-hmm. say. And I never experienced any of their stuff up close. This is going back of a ways and it's definitely not something that I'm super familiar with, but I'll do my best to kind of just rehash what, what, what's going on with it. And you guys can kind of throw in your, your two cents. Cause you guys obviously have seen some of this stuff up close, or at least I know J- Jamie probably has, yep. um, but it's the gentleman. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Initially, these gentlemen uh, appeared uh, in the body collector's house. Is that the first house they were in? I believe um, yes, yeah. and they really were kind of like inspired by Buffy the Vampire Slayer, from what I'm reading. <laughs> um, that's where they kind of got the idea from. I don't think they're obviously like a direct ripoff, but they do look a lot like the um, the creatures or the dudes from the episode Hush. I don't know if you're if you've ever watched Buffy. Yeah. If you're a Buffy fan. Um, there is a specific episode called Hush that has gentlemen or creatures in it that look very much like the gentleman from the body collector's house. Um, I believe they're tied to the terror queen pretty, pretty closely. Like they serve her, I guess in a way um, and technically the storyteller, cause they kind of were born from her event mm-hmm. and they were also brought in the year that we had bloody Mary and fear. Um, and I guess they were kind of tied in that too. So these, uh, these, these, these dudes definitely feel like, more servant than mainline bad guy. Like these are like the flying monkeys in wizard of Oz. Like they're not the wicked, they're not the wicked witch of the West. They are the servants of the wicked witch of the West. Um, I don't want to read this word for word, but like the story that I'm given, that I'm given is like the Sumerian God of fear, which is fear. And he, uh, basically allowed his quote unquote heralds to create beasts of their own or, you know, extensions of him. And when writing the story for the Terra Crentis, Elsa Strict, the storyteller created the body collectors. Uh, and that's kind of where they were, where they came from. Um, so again, I don't want to go into too, 
too much reading. I don't want you to think I'm just reading something, but at the very bottom, for me, they feel, again, they feel like servants. So I don't know if you guys want to add anything to their backstory or anything else that I'm missing um, before we get into like whether we think they'd be a, an event or not, but they definitely don't come off as um, the main line or like the main characters in a story. They seem to be like, you know, bit players, like the zombies yeah. in Walking Dead, essentially. Kind of, kind of do have that, but I know Jamie does enjoy them, so I'll let her kind of chat a little bit about these before I why well, collect collect my thoughts a little bit. Yeah, you kind of you kind of pretty much nailed everything, Seamus. Unfortunately, when they did have the gentlemen, I did get to see them briefly, if I recall, when they had the um, opening ceremonies and stuff like that, and they had some of the roaming hordes for that year at Horror Nights. I was pretty young; I think I was like ten, but I was too scared to go in the body collector's house, so I really didn't get to see a a, a good look at them, but. Kind of how you said too, I feel, I don't want to say they're not like icon material per se, but they're more so, I don't want to use the word servants either, but I guess the, I guess you would say they're kind of they're like- They're bitch boys. The no, they, were, they, were born, <laughs> no. they were born to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. But I really do like all the tie-ins that they have with the storyteller and with Bloody Mary and with the Terra Queen and- there was also a little bit of tie-in, I think, with those characters and with the schoolhouse house that they had one year as well. I think they were maybe mentioned or popped up when I was reading something on the HHN wiki about that as well. But you pretty much nailed everything about it, Seamus. Nice job. Yeah, so I did. I, I saw them once because mm-hmm. I the, my first year was 25. So I got to go into the body, ke- uh, body collectors uh, recollections, which is kind of the mashup between body collectors and psychoscarapy. And this was set in like the Shady Brook Asylum. So it was I, I kind of didn't I I wish I knew what I had when I had it, because as my first year at HHN, not knowing any of this stuff, I was walking through history. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really remember much more. Pretty much. Um, the pictures do, you know, kickstart some memories that I remember of this house. But again, this character's they are as of right now in the HHN history. Yes, they are sort of like those servanty kind of characters, but what, what I would love to see, cause I really do like these characters. I think that we could, you know, leave, you know, the gentlemen. Yes, they are sort of the henchmen or whatever, but you can make a leader and have one of them be the leader of their own group. And they can kind of, you know, kind of, take away the power from whoever else is leading them, whether it's storyteller or Tara Crentis or whatever you could have the bot, uh, the gentleman be their own big fixture. And this could work because then you could have a year where we're, you could have another body collector's house. You could have another psychoscarapy house. You could have some of those old originals and tie these characters in, but you would need that focal mouth point. And I think, I mean, just the design alone is really cool. You have somebody, you almost mesh this with the collector. And I would kind of like try to do something like that. Maybe the collector is the leader of the gentleman and you can tie them in this way and have him kind of be the, the spokesperson, so to speak. So we're getting, we're getting gentlemen and we're getting the collector back, but that's, I mean, he's got the suit on already and that's how I picture the gentleman is just these, you know, very stoic white faced, vampire-ish kind of characters that are just neatly dressed up. But I, I'd like to see the gentleman back. I, I'd rather see them 
over Eddie if I had to put it down right now. I would too. I feel like I just I feel like I'm just more drawn to their look too. I feel like they just give up such a a creepy persona. Yeah. I wonder if maybe some of the um like the collector from that house was kind of built as like a precursor to potentially bringing these guys back. Maybe that's kind of what their plan is. Well, this is, is, similar. The is the collector will, you know, he'll make a return and he'll kind of like either bring them back or force the storyteller to recreate them or something along those lines. Um, but I also feel like if you're going to do something like that, at that point, are you just making the collector the icon, the icon and these dudes are just kind of like, they're just going to be there. Um, Cause I agree with you. I think there's a way you can make it work, um, but you would have to have some sort of mouthpiece that kind of leads the whole group. It can't just be like the gentlemen are the icons and that's it. You have to kind of like give them some sort of purpose. And I don't think they have purpose unless you have somebody leading the group and telling them what to do essentially. But yeah, it would be nice I, to see like another collector's house. Sorry, Jamie, I didn't mean yeah, to cut no, you no, off. No, no, no. I was just going to see. I'd like to see them back, and I'd like to see the storyteller possibly interpreted again somehow. Yeah, yeah. And you I'd could like almost to... do it. Go ahead. I was going to. I'd like to see almost the way we did with Oddfellow. I'd like to see these right. kind of usurped characters fighting back against the old icon. So, like, have the gentleman overthrow and kill storyteller and just get rid of her. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, let's switch it up a little bit at this point and kind of. I mean, it would be kind of cool. That. It would be kind of cool to see almost like a a rift in the ranks, so to speak. And you have an event where it's icons against icons or something like that. And you're and they're trying in the to usurp power. Um, you could even make it like like a newer icon or a new icon saying he's now trying to control or maybe remove Jack from his seat of power or something along those lines. Um, or maybe fear is tired of being forgotten and he would like to then, you know what I'm saying? Like something along those lines. Yeah. It's a shift in can, tides. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Um, any final thoughts on the gentleman? Do you think that this is something that will happen? No, I don't, but <laughs> I don't think that it's impossible either. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they lend themselves by themselves an entire event. I think, like I said, you're gonna have to like probably have them tie in with somebody else, whether that's bringing the storyteller back, bringing Tara Krennis back, um, Bloody Mary or Fear, or even something along those lines. But I don't think they can just be, hey, we have a gentleman event. There are icons this year, so but it would be cool because you could have cool. like a scare zone where they're kind of like the main feature of the scare zone. You have like a horde potentially again of these dudes or something like that. Or maybe they're just kind of walking in amongst the crowd. That would be kind of cool. So I guess a, a secondary question to the if we think they'll be back again. If you could pair them up with any, you know, icon or character, who would you pair them with to present as an icon year? Like who, if they were on the marquee, who is their their number one leader? I'd want fear back. You'd want fear to kind of take the reins over them. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm one of the weirdos that actually like likes fear. I, I, like I, fear I, think too. He, I think he's a cool character and I'm bummed that I never really got a chance to see him up close, even though I know he's more ethereal than anything else. But 
I don't know. I feel like it would be cool to walk into the event and you hear him talking to you over the loudspeakers. You hear voice, uh, you hear fears, like, well, you know, you have now been embraced by the cloak of fear or something along those lines. And you're really kind of brought into the event. And then you have them kind of being like the, the bastions of fear or bastions of evil or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamie, same thing then. Do you think gentlemen be back? And then if they are, or even if they're not, who would you like to see them? kind of brought to life with i also don't think they'll be back unfortunately i feel like they're a, some of those characters that are too far-fetched to possibly have the whole event surrounded around them like seamus had mentioned but i was just thinking about it i think it would be kind of cool to have them paired up with lady luck i feel like they're ge- they're gentlemanly attire and just the way they present themselves in some of the pictures <laughs> i was looking at through hgn wiki it reminds me of like the casino, casino dealers pictures. I don't. It's just terrible. That'd be kind of funny. (laughs) Turn them into chop suey. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. So they could lure in the patrons to uh to Lady Luck. Okay, that'd be good. I I want more Lady Luck. I really do. That's a whole different discussion, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, she got done dirty. They need to give her. That was a really cool more. Cool icon. Um, Cool design. I guess I'll I'll kind of round it out and say that I, I also am on board with the I don't think this will happen. But again, for a third different person, I've obviously mentioned it, but that I'd love to see them teamed up with the collector. You know, it would really bridge some old with new. You could kind of give them a whole new paint job and they'd be ready to go. But um, Jamie, why don't you tackle this next uh, character for us? Yes, one I'm very excited to talk about. And I even wrote up my own little description for him. So we are going to be talking about Mr. HR Blood and Guts. How I adore him. So for the little synopsis or little overview I wrote about him, Lawrence Larry Kurtzberg, or as we know him, Creature Feature TV host HR Blood and Guts was once an actor and Broadway performer during the 1930s. And at the young age of 17, he retired to become a taxidermist. Flash forward 40 years later and Larry is desperate for fame again. He decides to join a talent agency in Cary, Ohio. He later receives a phone call from a talent agent who was Lady Luck in disguise, offering to give him a role at Channel 21 WKNB station as the new host of the Midnight Horror Show, which would show a variety of different horror films. Larry really got into the role of H.R. Blood and Guts and started his own holiday horror variety show. And after a year, ratings dropped drastically due to the graphic nature of his shows. And so on and so forth. As we've seen before, the interpretation that we've had with H.R. Blood and Guts at Halloween Horror Nights was when he had his Holidays of Horror House. And I'm coming to a blank right now with what year it was at. But that was the only interpretation that we've had of him at the event. But as I read previously, he did have some tie-ins with Lady Luck, which is very interesting. Yeah, I... This is a, I think, pretty, I don't want to say the community is vocal about bringing him back, but he is a name that you do see often. And I think that out of most of the people we're going to talk about, I think that he offers the most variety in houses. Like if we did have a event with him curating it, there would be a lot of different variety in houses. It wouldn't be stuck into one lane as, as much as others on this list, I think. But yeah, I, I, I've i wanted to see him more. I think the only glimpses I've got of him were from the uh, Horror in the Heartland 
Welcome to uh, Scary in Ohio a, House. Yeah, I said Welcome to Scary. I forgot about that too. He had just a little, a little nod in one of those rooms. And it doesn't have to be. I mean, he was in the little holiday themed room and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be holiday oriented. It, it can be all TV show oriented. And, you know, that C grade, you could have a really crappy site. You know, you could if you did an invasion house that would fit under a HR blood and guts moniker. You know, if you had any of the slaughter cinema stuff that would fit under his any IPs, you could make it seem like they're airing on his late night TV show. Uh, and there, there's ways to do it. You know, even if something like last year where it was doing dragons, you know, that could be your bad sci fi like fantasy movie that's playing at 1 a.m. or whatever. You know, you could tie these all in into into an HR blood and guts umbrella if you really wanted to. So I think that this character lends to the most variety uh, for options for houses and zones and stuff like that. If he were to take over the event. Definitely. So what do we do you think that this will happen? Do you think this is something that's on the horizon? Because this is very much, I think, like that he's definitely in between Oddfellow. And I, I know we keep using Oddfellow as like the barometer, but it's it's a good sense of gauge. But I think he's somewhere in between that Oddfellow character and Eddie, whereas he definitely has an image, but it's and it's known, but it's not as known as Eddie. And he has a little bit of a story, but it's not as known as Eddie, but he's not a complete unknown like Oddfellow was where it was like prior to last year, if you searched Dr. Oddfellow, you would just get an image of a little skeleton design character with the with the the clown hair. So like he's kind of in between. So I think he's blank enough where you can really add a lot of backstory to him because it's really you just kind of know the basics, I guess is the best way to put it. And it's it's really interesting with him, too, because with the variety show, the Monster Hour originally that he had done, the holiday horror spinoff show was kind of like his own spinoff that he wanted to do and was trying to boost ratings and stuff like that. And it didn't really help him out in the end. And essentially, he got so sucked into the role of HR Blood and Guts, he ended up going crazy. And I'm pretty sure he it was the producer he killed or some of the people on set that were working on set. But that's what they were showing throughout the house or throughout the queue of the house before you were going in, they were kind of doing like those little 80s, 90s style TV news segment style shows, variety shows. And I just think there's so much that could be done with him. And I think it's, for me personally, I feel like he's definitely a above odd fellow in the sense of being more known by the HHN community. Cause personally I wasn't too, well aware, well known of Oddfellow before he was mentioned over this year and before we were doing some of the research for the episode and stuff like that. But I could say that I knew HR Blood and Guts, but then again, I did go that year and he kind of had already that little in, I guess, with Horror Nights. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think prior to last year, if you asked people about Dr. Oddfellow, nobody, you know, other than the part he played in Jack's story, exactly, you you definitely couldn't tell me what he looked like. You really couldn't tell me much about him now. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, it's he's kind of this HR blood and guts is sort of in between the two where we we kind of have Mm -hmm. some of it. Um, You know, if we wanted to really dive into the whole scary stuff, you could do like scary Ohio, maybe do a shtick where like he's running for mayor or something like that and kind of really overtaking the, you know, almost like a, you could mix, you could throw some, they live stuff in there where it's like, he's using 
you know, propaganda and stuff like that to, to get awesome. his message across. Yeah. Um, you could definitely pull. And that's something that like is in the wheelhouse of blood and guts where it's like, that's the style stuff that he would show on that, you know, monster hour or whatever. Uh, that weird sci-fi, that weird monster, that weird, you know, gore horror. I think that you could play with that character and, and really do some like, and I don't think they'll, you don't have to get too political with it, but you could make it sort of like that politician factor where like, you know, he's, he's trying to take over scary Ohio and, and, you know, he's got his monsters out there and really dive into the, they live style stuff. I kind of talked myself into that one, but I don't, I do think this is a character more likely than the gentleman to come back because he could be on his own. He's, he is like a, I, I picture, I just picture him as a, you know, he is the TV personality so he can talk. He is that vocal mouthpiece. He can kind of woo the crowd a little bit. I feel like he's the guy that will talk you into the stuff that you're not supposed to be doing and kind of like, you know, backdoor you into being on his side. So I'd, I'd really be interested to see him back. And I think that's a character that's worthwhile, at least to take a look at if it is, you know, if it is up to them, you know, again, we're going to reference Dr. Oddfell a lot, but like, I don't think the tie in of Jack was what sold people last year. And if they're willing to take a gamble on sort of an unknown character and making him the lead, then I, I don't see why you can't do that with an HR blood and guts. Cause he does have a fan base. So if the fan base that's there is supportive, you're going to gain a whole lot more fans as well. Uh, just like you did with Dr. Oddfellow this year, but Seamus, what do you think on HR blood and guts? Is this somebody you'd want to see back? Yeah, I would like to see him granted again. I say this a lot, but I haven't gotten to experience him outside of maybe a few things here and there, like that one year where they had that's him in dirty. the scary house. Yeah, that was the only one with me um, too. So, right. So, yeah, I want to see him back. I think so far he's the he's the one we've covered. So f- we've covered uh, up to this point that I think has the best shot at coming back because he does have a lot to offer. I think there's a lot you can do with it. You can bring scary. You can bring scary or carry Ohio back. Like that can be like the main theme is that like you're going back to carry and. I like the idea you had where he's kind of like playing up the I'm trying to be mayor. Maybe he's already elected mayor and now he's yeah. become mayor of Kerry and he's slowly, you know, turning the townsfolk crazy. And um, you can tie some of those Kerry characters back in and he can kind of be like the lead there. Um, and maybe you could base it kind of like a, you know, like an old 50s vibe, you know, 50s town vibe with like sitcoms and sci-fi movies and scary movies and, and, and kind of base a lot of the houses around different TV shows. All your originals can be original TV shows. Some of your IP stuff, like you said, was a good idea. Like make some of your IP stuff, you know, some of that, you know, all night horror movie marathon type mm-hmm. things. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'd, I'd be a hundred percent on board with this one. There's just, yeah, there's so just I think so this is possible. To be done. Yeah. There's just so much that could be done with him. Cause I was even thinking too, you could even kind of do, Kind of like a Goosebumps Welcome to Horrorland style meets the Truman Show, essentially when you're in where you're in <laughs> like yeah, a reality a, a reality TV show setting of horror nights and you're the audience or you're the guests coming in and all this kind of stuff and what's reality and what's not and kind of him being that game show style host, but also I really do like the mayor aspect that you guys are saying for that little thing. I think that'd be kind of cool too. There's just a lot that can be done with him. 
Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on Blood and Guts? Are we ready to move on to the next the next uh, character? All right. Ready. I will tackle this one. And this one is another very popular item. And it is also another scrapped icon. So I'm getting two for two on these scrapped icons. But that would be Sydney Kane. Now, she is the daughter of the caretaker, Albert Kane. And she is an unused icon for the Islands of Fear year. Uh, that was, again, <laughs> again, we're just getting hit with these these canceled icons because of real world events. But there was a lot of children kidnapping abductions that year, I think specifically in Florida. So they really steered away of having this, you know, young girl as the icon being this, you know, demented, disturbed character. Uh, But the original plan was that at islands of adventure, each of the islands was going to be sort of her quote unquote playthings. So it was kind of like you're walking into her mind, that demented mind, which is something that they were going to try to do with the Billie Eilish house, supposedly, is where you're walking into her journal, walking into her thoughts. Um, I think that they were probably going to pull a lot of stuff from one scrapped thing to another scrapped thing that we will just never, ever see. But yeah, so it was supposed to happen. She was also, I guess, going to be the icon for 20 years of fear. But that idea was scrapped again. She did... And this was kind of disputed for a, a little bit of a time, but her first appearance was at HHN 13 in Scream House Revisited. There's a little kitchen scene and there was a girl that kind of looked like Sydney Kane uh, caged under some kitchen counters with her brother. Which is interesting because we don't ever really hear about the brother, but that is supposedly the the first appearance of her. So that brings us to the future now. Like, how could this play in? I love the idea of stepping inside of her mind. I like this idea of taking another character that is associated to a previous icon, like Oddfellow to Jack, and playing on that where it's kind of like the new versus old. It's almost like a generational passing of the torch of the same storyline. You could have Sydney K. And even if, you know, it, it would be tough because you would be relying a lot on people knowing who Sydney Kane was. But what if you did a Sydney Kane grown up and now she's adult version because that by the time that she was this, you know, you could kind of tweak the backstory now that she is sort of this mystical character where she she does grow up and she's kind of at age now where she can overtake Albert Kane and caretaker and kind of move past that storyline or so sort would you would you want to see her back as as sydney kane the the young girl or would you want to see like a a elevated growner version growner not a word uh grown up version of sydney kane i mean it is a word just not the word you were looking yeah. for growner <laughs> well yeah there yeah there you could be yeah, uh, if you groan uh, a lot you're a growner she could be a grown up growner I yeah guess. she could be uh which would you prefer? Would you like to just go to the the icon of of past where she was kind of this young demented or stepping into her mind or maybe this older version of of Sydney Kane now? I like the idea of an older Sid, Cindy. I think that I think you're onto something where you could kind of take her and explore her her life as she you know that she had gone through from the time that she was a younger child to you know, now she's an adult and, you know, whatever she has, whatever might, you know, whatever her power is or, um, you know, whatever she went through 
you can kind of explore that a little bit. And I think you, you probably can get more out of it if she's an adult character. I don't know if I'm not sure that there's as much there if you keep her a young kid character. Um, so I'd rather, I think personally, I'd rather see her as an, like an adult. And you can kind of go from like, you know, you could bring back a schoolhouse and you could bring back a few other things that yeah. are relevant to her. You could have references to her father, uh, even though at this point he'd probably be dead. And so, mm-hmm. um, but you never know. I mean, again, they're magical people, so they could be alive. They could, he, you could still bring him in in some way if you wanted to, but I'd rather yeah. give her the stage and not, you know, not not reduce her in any way, but just like not take some of the spotlight away from her. Cause, Oh, look, we got Albert Kane here. Like we, we're bringing him back. It's like, okay, yeah. but is it his event then? Cause people, people are going to care more about that. So I'd rather like let her have the spotlight. So, um, but yeah, it's still rather an adult Cindy, I think. As creepy as young demented kids are for, for mostly everyone. I know Seamus isn't a big fan either, but, um, I think it would be. I think it would be cool to to see Cindy taking the older route and to see what she's been doing all these years after not being able to be the icon, not being able to have her chance, kind of being in her dad's shadow and Eddie's shadow and stuff like that. Because I feel like I really didn't know too much about Cindy, and like you said too, Nick, I feel like not many people, unless they're like diehard into the lore, wouldn't be too versed in her character as well since it was scrapped and everything. So I feel like that would kind of be the only thing, but I really think it would be nice to have something different just because we don't know too much about Cindy. Like you said, bringing up Dr. Oddfellow, kind of like with Dr. Oddfellow, we didn't know too much about him. And I think that's what made the lore so interesting and what made people so intrigued was that we didn't know much about him, even though we have so many icons that are more well-known that we all love and adore for the most part. It's, it's nice to have something new. And I think that would, interest people more to be versed into learning about the lore of HHN and the different years and past icons that could have been or should have been. Yeah. What I think would be fun, uh, a way to kind of appease both people is if she were this older person, I would almost lean into the fact that she's like got into this like witchcrafty, like sorceress style, you know, cause like all these icons are like magical and they have like, powers but they don't really you know other than with odd fellow and the, the harnessing the power of the zodiac you know we haven't really we just kind of have gone along with the fact that they're just like magical creatures or whatever and they can just do whatever they want they don't die it's just that's horror for you but i i, I think it would be fun to give a reason for her as to why she's able to you know live and grow and whatever and i would get into the whole sorceress you know, witchcrafty vibe for her. And I would turn her into this real gothic-y, witchy character. And one of the houses, her house, I would do as a uh, evolution of her. So I would start it. I would bring people from, you know, the young age to current day. And you could walk through that house to, you know, kind of understand how she got to where she is. Sort of like Oddfell. That's sort of his origin house right there. Kind of explaining, you know, the stuff of, you know, how he got to where he was. So I would do that starting. So you could you could appease people by giving them the young Sydney Kane. And you could also get that older version that's probably more uh just grown up, evil, twisted, but like have their powers harnessed a little bit and she can kind of direct it as such. I like that. I could see that. And see when I was picturing her grown up more so, I was thinking more 
of a Samara from the ring kind of vibe is what I was Mm -hmm. picturing. Not the exact same look, but still that deep-rooted evil, I guess, after years of being forgotten or whatever happened to her in all these years, you know? Yeah, and do something like that, or and because I was picturing like Elvira, almost like okay, <laughs> like power of the dark and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But you could do something; you could blend both of those where she's been forgotten all this time, and maybe she is, you know, stumbles upon a you know a, a mentor or a, a book or something like that, and she you know starts reading it and learning it, and just kind of obsesses over it and and gets this power bestowed upon her and, and just turns it into pure evil and chaos. So I'd like that. Do you, do you think that this is a possibility of us seeing a Sydney Kane, you know, resurgence? No, I don't think she would be flying solo. I think they would probably pair her with someone else. Unfortunately, just because I don't think it would yeah. be not well known enough, but I just don't think it would bring in the draw as much as it would with having a dual character, maybe someone who was already, more known. Yeah, I agree with Jamie. I don't. I don't know if she, I don't know if we, if we get her back, it will be just her. I think she deserves it, but I don't. I do don't. I don't think that. I don't think that they would give us just her and her alone. They'd have to tie her in with somebody else. I could see them pairing her up with Eddie. Honestly, the two <sighs> forgotten yeah, characters in mean, HHN past. I'd act, yeah, and I and I, yeah. I honestly, I'd probably be. I would be probably bummed if that was what they did. Because I'd rather them, if you're going to do that, then, you know, tie her in with her father, tie her in with with something more relevant to her. But yeah, I mean, again, I think I would like to see what they could do with a Cindy specific event and kind of focus on her character and focus on her story. Um, But like Jamie said, I mean, is there enough there for them to do that? Yeah, I think that this one is I, I honestly I, I do I could see this one happening. Uh I, I think it's definitely more likely than Eddie, just because it is more of that unknown. I feel like I the more unknown that. the better. You know, the more they can work with it a little bit. I think having going from you know, we've had some female leads in the past, but they kind of get the short end of the stick. Um I think coming off of a year where we do the first black icon. I think it would be a good time to kind of, you know, do a tried and true full on great female year. You know, Lady Luck did have that year 21 where she had her hands in every house. But then after that, she just kind of they kind of ghosted her. But I, I think that this would be a good a good year to do that. And it would be cool to like maybe that's the trend. Maybe we are finding these sub characters that have something to do with the major icons and sort of just leading to this big anniversary year of 35 or something. And then you have all the olds versus the news where you have, you know, Jack versus Oddfellow, Sydney versus Albert Kane. And then you can have, you know, some character from the past that deals with their director or usher, somebody that's underneath them kind of combating them in that sense. But I, I think Sydney Kane is, I don't want to say likely, but I think it's more likely than some of the other ones that we have discussed so far. Um, but I, I don't know. That's, that's just my, my opinion. Any thoughts on Sydney before we move on to the next character who is even more unknown than others? I think we got it. Got it. All right. So Jamie, why don't you take us off into this next, uh, character? 
Yes. So our next character we're going to be doing, did you want me here? Let me make sure I go in the correct list order. All right. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about our buddy Bone, who unfortunately doesn't have too much backstory about him, but I do have a no little story. bit written. <laughs> I was going to say, not very much. I kind of had to <laughs> swap some words around because I didn't want to take it word for word, but there was not much information on him. But what I'd gotten is that a character on stilts resembling the Grim Reaper that appeared in the Scare Zone Festival of the Deadliest from HHN 27. His voice also played over the opening ceremony and the zone. Bone appeared once again at HHN 30 in the 30 Years in 30 Fears. 30 years, 30 fears scare zone. And that's about all they had to say about him. <laughs> that was literally all the information I could find about him, unfortunately. But his character is just, I just love the stilt walkers. His character is just so cool looking. And I feel like there's so much unknown to be known about him. I feel like he's kind of just, he, I feel like is one of the more offside characters that we'll probably talk about through this whole list that we have. I feel like he's one of the more one-off ones. Yeah, he's definitely with like minimal to zero bio. Again, I do feel like these are the characters that they're going to gravitate towards, though, because they can mold them into whichever way they want. Uh, I think the the fact that they gave him, you know, and he is sort of like a pseudo icon for the event that year. It's weird because they just didn't do anything with stories. But the fact that they did storylines last year for Oddfellow leads you to believe that maybe that's something they're going to be trying out a little bit more again and seeing if it's successful in the marketing and the design is cool you can give him that grim reaper story you can make him like you know like fear is the you know the epitome of fear you can make him the epitome of death and you could kind of go on that that sense you could tie him into past stuff we've had you could tie him into you know graveyard games you could tie him into the graveyard deadly unrest you could tie him into stuff like that and kind of repurpose a couple things and and tweak history and reinsert him a little bit but that's just my my piece on on bones or no bone, i like whatever that. we call him yeah i don't got a whole lot to talk about when it comes to him he's cool he's cool looking so he's cool looking. could you do something with him sure but i mean I don't really have else, anything. He's on the T-shirt I have. He's on. He's on that comic book T-shirt that I got. Yeah. At Pumpkin Lord. So mm-hmm. he's he's in there. Yeah, but I don't know much more about him other than that. Yeah, I, I think it would be cool to have an icon that's sort of like Grim Reaper ish, you know, because we don't really have yeah. you know that stereotype checked off yet. You know, and he kind of sort of fixed that. But that's that's. I would really like to tie him into that and just have a like a whole story based off the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Do you think that that's something that could happen? Do you think we'll see him again? <laughs> yeah, no. I doubt it. No. There's not a lot there. Funny, though. Right? In it. Yeah. Go ahead, Shaman. Sorry. I just feel like we would have seen more of him if they were going to do that. Like, I feel like they, they, they don't really, they've never really given you anything other than the, the characters in that scare zone or, I mean, I think they come. Does any come from Terra Krennis or something like that, or or am I, am I mistaken? I don't know. That? If they even, I mean, maybe, but I don't know if they ever even mentioned it. But it, you could yeah. do something along those lines, where like we just talked about with Sydney, like an odd odd fellow is to Jack what Sydney is to caretaker. You can make bones like that to storyteller or Terra Krennis. Right. I think or you have to. I don't know. I don't know if there's any other way to do it. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I don't think this one's that likely either, just because. He is so inconsequential to any, everything else lore based. Um, would it be fun? Could they do it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
but I, I think they tried I, him out and they didn't really give him much to work with, so he failed. And that's what they, I was going to say. Yeah, I don't know. I think. I mean, I, I think feel, he'll be one of the more fun characters they that we've talked about. But sorry, Jamie, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's exactly what I was going to say, Nick. I feel like they maybe thought about it and maybe they wanted to give him that chance, but I feel like it kind of just fell flat for them. Because when I was reading about it, that they did have him as the voiceover for the opening ceremony, Seamus, like you said, you have the shirt with him on it and stuff like that. And I just feel like there's been like little like nods to him for kind of wanting to bring him about and tell his story and stuff like that. But I feel like they just never actually got into it and never executed it because I feel like it kind of maybe just yeah. fell to the back. Yeah, and maybe um, they think that he's just that there's just not enough there to do a full, yeah, treatment of him. You know, like maybe they just feel like he's gonna be too boring or too um, by the numbers. They didn't flesh him out enough. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say it. I'll let you drop the punny puns. Good one. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, Seamus, why don't we jump to our next, <laughs> our next duo oh. of characters? Then they they um, save the easy ones for me because they know how much of a baby I am when it comes to the <laughs> event. But yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna combine two people together because they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, but it's Major Sweets and Miss Treats from Halloween Horror Nights thirty one. Um, so relatively new. Um, I don't think it's something that we would see immediately, but they could definitely revisit these characters at some point. But I don't think there's a whole lot that I can say that people don't already know, but essentially major sweets. He is the tycoon and the leader of the major sweets candy company. Um, he is a candy maker and his candy turns trick or treaters into ferocious monsters, mutant creatures. Uh, and then of course, mistreats is like his second in command His probably his lover too. I would think, um, like they go kind of like hand in hand with each other. Yeah. And I think that, you know, from what we saw at the scare zone, there's a lot there. Um, there's a lot to explore story wise and they would make an interesting pair when it comes to putting together, um, you know, a more specific event for them. Uh, again, I, I mean, we all kind of already know their story. It's, it didn't happen that long ago. So it's everybody kind of still fresh in their minds, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty simple one. Could this happen? I think so. I think it could definitely happen, um, you know, at some point in the near future. I mean, they obviously brought Pumpkin Lord back immediately the following year. Uh, it's been a season now since they did this. Um, so could we see them get a whole event? Maybe. Uh, will they become icons? I don't know. I guess you kind of have to if you're going to do a full event. But is is there enough of a calling for them to be a you know icons or made icons in, in that fashion because uh, they were fun characters but can you pull a full event out of it that's the biggest question i think yeah uh jamie thoughts on major sweets mistreats i feel like it's more plausible for us to possibly see them getting their own house versus having a whole event based around them and kind of making them the icons. I feel like for 31, for that year, I feel like specifically would have been the perfect year to have. I wish that it wasn't the year that they were brought about because I feel like that classic, like vintage like Halloween, like nostalgia feel, I feel like that was the year for it. And I feel like that would have been their perfect 
opportunity to showcase them and have them be the icons for that year since that zone matched it so well. But I could also see as being a house, you could do the Major Sweets Candy Factory. You can kind of have it set up like trick-or-treat style, possibly. You could maybe do it anthology style with having different stories told throughout the house. You could go through the factory. You can go through the different neighborhoods when they're trick-or-treating. Some of the kids, you could see them transforming into the evil monsters after the evil candy. I feel like that would, I don't want to say it would do it more justice because it would be cool to see them as being icons just because it would be something different. And we haven't really had like a duo and possibly like a couple. I think that's a fun little aspect too, but I think I could more likely see them having a house and I think it would actually turn out really well. Yeah. I I think we're definitely going to get a house. I, I, I just, I think we have to, I don't think as many scare zones have great characters and great story built in, especially these vocal, you know, you don't want to say icons, but like they have the capabilities of being the icon. They're very distinguished. You can pick them out of a crowd. It's not just a another vampire or another zombie or whatever. It's a very distinct character. And I think that that leads well to having that opportunity to be the lead. I do wish that, you know, looking back at 31, the pumpkin Lord zone was sort of just kind of, you know, they treated him poorly. I think, I think that it would have been better off had major sweets and mistreats been the leaders of this whole, the whole Halloween style, Halloween horror nights. I think they, their characters fit that mold a lot better, but it's tough because they are very, they're so tied for me with the whole candy stuff. They're so tied to Halloween so that was just like the perfect year for them. Obviously, the event's called Halloween Horror Nights, and there's always a Halloween. But just being 31 made it so perfect. Exactly. I, I do see them coming back at some point, probably just a house capacity. I don't know if they'd give them a full year. I'd love to see it. I just don't know how plausible it would be to kind of, you know, put a whole event base on them. It would be interesting to see to find out that the major suites company would be based in Scary Ohio. That would be a nice. They never really twist. specified. They never specified where it was. I don't believe. Yeah, that would be fun. And I do it all tie in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think twenty six. They had a scary. I think it's twenty six. I could be mistaken. They had a um kind of like welcome to scary scare zone. I forget the exact name of it, but I feel like it was very similar and very reminiscent to how Sweet Revenge was. So I think they could definitely tie in the scary universe and the carry universe with mistreats and Mister Sweets. Yeah. So, uh, anything else on these two before we move along to our final, our final character? I think we got it. Nope. All right. Um, I'll move along. This one is probably this one has probably some of the most lore. Um, so I'm going to try to speed through it. And this is Boris, the old Boris Schuster. Um, we know him from just all over through HHN history, but we most recently saw him at Case Files, and. He's a private detective and supernatural investigator. You should also remember him from the that was the uh, that was the uh, tribute store this year. We we got some Schuster Brothers nods and stuff like that. But um, he has a lot of deep ties with Bloody Mary. That was sort of he was investigating her. Um, he was investigating the disappearance of his partner Charlie McPherson, who was also referenced in the comic book store this year. And supposedly he was the killer of Doctor Agna and that kind of was her final step in becoming bloody mary um he is the founder of legendary truth we've seen legendary truth 
throughout the history of HHNOL, but he, he founded that in the 1960s. Uh, he became involved with the supernatural once he discovered the uh, bacchanoid totem on his doorstep, and that kind of led him down the rabbit hole of hunting down these legions totems. The legions are these just different categories of creatures and monsters of, of horror and evil. So we can kind of quickly run through these, but there's, there, there's just these crazy names, but there's the uh, iniquities. And these are the ones that are kind of rooted in the evil. They're the patrons of death. And these were the first to rise from the cemetery. After that, they started summoning the, the, the following legion. So we have the vampires, which were the uh, uh, strangoids, I believe it is. I'm, terrible with pronunciation but these are the creatures of the night and they kind of they're vampires that's what it is you have the beasts or the cerebins the uh iniquities have also commanded these ones as sort of these big large brute predators and they kind of hunt you down they're silent stalkers and that's just kind of their it's kind of almost werewolfy i guess is the is the common uh if i had to put it to a common character that you might know uh the next one would be the warriors or the bacchanoids they are slaughtered in deadly battle but the warriors have been brought back from the dead by the antiquities seeking their bloodthirst revenge they move under a cloak of darkness the next up would be the prisoners or the uh, masherians whatever that word is but they were these were the women so it was a women's prison and the fire scorched the inmates alive charred all the convicts and they were trapped in there between life and death but again the uh, iniquities have released them you have the traditionals or the morphins mighty morphins uh they are (laughs) i had to they aren't the friends from your childhood books these are just these classic ghosts and goblins that kind of seek revenge and then finally we have the walkers or the karazans which are in the name walkers they're zombies um so that kind of brings us to the whole boris story a little bit do we see i guess there's a couple questions coming out of this a do you want to see boris back b would you like to see just boris and like sort of that investigator style storyline or do you want to see the legions represent themselves and boris is kind of the one to save the day i Which like the third option <laughs> yes yes uh legions back with boris kind of heading the the i don't know, hunting them down i guess yeah i want to see him back i think the only way to do it the right way would be to do like your last option was like have the legions kind of drive it and then schuster can be the main character like the main hero um because i'd love to see him back i loved his house um that's about all i knew about him going into this so uh, i am surprised i didn't realize there was that much backstory to it there's a Um, lot yeah yeah but i mean i think i think he'd be really fun to kind of revisit all of that and um have him kind of be like the driver of the story yeah, in that year, the scare zones were all based off of these legions, but these legions, they're so broad that you could do houses off of each one and it wouldn't be too, it wouldn't feel repetitive because they would have, you know, you'd have your vampire house, you'd have a beast house, you'd have, you know, this, you know, burnt down prison house, you'd have a zombie house, you'd have this warrior 
battle house. Like you could have very different houses and it wouldn't feel too restricted, I guess, is, is, so to speak, compared to like if you had major suites running the event, you know, how much variety could you have out of six houses? You know, not much. Uh, but with Boris and, and these legions, you can have variety and still have it under the same umbrella without it being too repetitive. So uh, you both want him back. Now, do you both think he will be back? I know I said HR Blood and Guts was pretty likely, but I think Boris is probably more likely just because we have seen when we had case files, when we had the one dot estate and just those different interpretations that we had of him. I mean, hey, he has his he has his own office in New York right there on the strip over by Finnegan's. But yeah. I mean, I feel like he's such a well-versed and a well-known character that I definitely see think that we'll see him back in some capacity at some point. Maybe. And see, it's tough to say as an icon because I could see him as an icon, but I would like to see it more go the route that you were saying, Nick, because I feel like we've already seen the paranormal and paranormal investigative aspect and i feel like in case files we saw that classic comic book style noir with the creatures and all that kind of stuff which i actually think that would be kind of cool to see a whole event kind of based on that setting as well because i really enjoyed that house but it's tough to say because i do think we could see him back in some capacity as an icon maybe they want to keep him under not under the radar i was going to say but maybe just under there enough so he still has that kind of mystery to him i guess i feel like he's a very mysterious character yeah i i would agree i think i think he's more than more than likely that he'll come back in some in some way i don't think they'll get his own event i don't think he'll ever be an icon um obviously you kind of have that somewhat established when they were like you know at the panel they were very a couple of years ago they were like you know hey you know, he is an icon, right? I and mean, he's iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. they kind of already kind of treat him like that. So I don't know if he'll ever get a full event. It would be cool. But one of the questions would come up is like, how do you fit your IPs in to that event? You know, if, yeah. if all your originals are going to be based around him, is it is there a way to tie your IPs into it? Because otherwise, it's just going to feel like you've got like Schuster and then a whole bunch of random IPs. Yeah. So... I mean, that, granted, that that's probably like the same issue they have with any icon going into any year. Is that how can we tie this into the IPs? And I don't yeah. think they at this point really try very hard to do that, if 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 at all. No, it's just um, what they get is what they get. Just, right? They just throw the IPs in, and then they might tie the originals in with whatever the main character, the main, um, you know, icon is for that year. Like last year, like look at look at last year. Like you 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 had the you had um oh my god um whatever his name was the icon there uh you had him Oddfellow. christ um Oddfellow, and then you know hey we're gonna tie him into the originals but there really wasn't any you know is there any reason why we have certain ips here it's just they kind of exist in their own world at this point so i think overall that kind of to bookend this episode is that it's really hard to do a 10 house full icon treatment at this point because of that. I feel like in the past they, you know, where they didn't have as many IPs, they could get away with doing icon, like full icon houses because they needed to fill houses. They needed to fill it with something. Now when they get at least five IPs a year, they don't have to do that. So I think it's going to, it's harder for them or not. It's much harder for them. It's, 
we're just less likely to get icon specific events. Yeah, what is what is fun is if you do go to the HHN wiki page, uh, there is a page for each of these legions, and they do have members under, you know, like fictional, non-fictional people under these. So, like, just for reference, like the Bacchanoids, those, um, the was it the the warriors essentially. Some of the notable members are the Invisible Man, Jack the Ripper, Confucius, the Caretaker, Edgar Allan Poe, and Boris Schuster is one of them. And then other stuff like the Cerebins, who are those beast characters. They have characters like um, Attila the Hun, Raptors, uh, Rat Lady, the Nightingales, Werewolves. So like the Gilman. So you can like That's fun. They're almost like like horoscopes, essentially. Like yeah, you know, there there's certain personality traits that that determine whether you are in one category or the other. It's almost like being you know drafted into a you know or, or sorted into a uh, sort, I was going to say Potter yeah. House. So it's kind of That's by really personality cool. trait and stuff like that. So you can search like these different legions and see which members or which characters are in, in these different different groupings. But um, they've definitely thought a lot about that stuff. But yeah, I, I'd love to see Boris back. I'd love to see the legions back. I think that such heavy uh, HHN lore that is forgotten at this point. I'm sure people that did experience this back then don't really want it to be rehashed because it sort of holds a special place in their heart. That was a, a very very fun interactive time for HHN that I didn't get to experience that. It was very, you know, heavy on the phone game, heavy on these, these legions. That was a big thing back then. I think that this, I mean, you know, you don't want to whore stuff out and like strictly for marketing, but if you play these legions, right, you could market this and make a lot of money based off of like, which, which, you know, house you're in, so to speak. Um, so I'd love to see Boris back. I don't know if he'd be leading a whole event, but man, I'd love to see a Legion event with, with Boris kind of heading cool. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a couple more characters, but I think like we said earlier in this episode, we, we kind of talked ourselves into, you know, revisiting this with other characters because, you know, there's much more than just these six or seven characters that we can kind of dissect and talk about. And obviously until we get some, some, <laughs> rumors and stuff like that where we're kind of left to just speculate ourselves so uh, i think this will be a fun episode to kind of revisit and and go into other characters of the past and kind of see what we can work with there so we'll kind of end our discussion on those future icons you know old faces new icons uh, on that note but uh before we sign off let's get into our horror movies of the week horror watches of the week uh jamie do you watch anything in particular yeah i was I'm trying to think of something else that I watched because I was just going to use our film for Shutter Sunday. I wasn't sure if you were going to as well, but I was trying to think of something different I could have watched possibly. Seamus, did you watch anything? Nothing horror related. I did watch no. Echo, if you're in a Marvel. Ah, it's a good, it's watch good it. season. Yeah. Good, good, good five episode season, but nothing horror related in the last couple of weeks anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did, like I said, I or like Jamie had said, we watched uh, Destroy All Neighbors for our Shutter Sundays. So uh, go to YouTube, check that out. That is out now. Uh, Destroy All Neighbors, very, very fun. Very weird, sci-fi, horror-y, just good time. And I also do watch a lot of like crime documentaries. I, I really like the, that stuff. And I just watched and finished. It was only three episodes called American Nightmare. Uh, very, very cool. It is based off of this whole kidnapping story that was 
you know, at first they think it's the boyfriend because the, the girlfriend got kidnapped and then the girlfriend appears. So then they think it's a hoax and then come to find out, you know, the, the story kind of unfolds at that point. I don't want to spoil too much for people that don't remember the story that uh, one being in the, the news. Psycho lady that marries like the priest guy writes uh, no, writing, no, a different one. I think it's a different one, but this is. I'll have to look this one up because it's I, good. I, it's usually, I've watched all of it, so I need to like see if I've yeah. seen this one or not. It just it just came out recently, uh, but this was a from like 2015. It was a story out in California, out in uh, Vallejo County, which is funny oh, because it's all happening in California. Always, well, for it's always Vallejo because that's, that's that's where that's. I mean, it's the same county for the Zodiac Killer. They fucked the right. Zodiac Killer. It's always happening out county. there. Um, I did but yeah, watch so. something. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry. So yeah, what do you what do you got? I forgot that we didn't talk about it last week because I was having some technical difficulties with my laptop. But thanks to everyone. Well, not to everyone, to myself. Actually, I fixed my laptop. Long story short, we're back in business. But I watched Annabelle for the first time. I, I forgot you had not off. watched it before. I had never watched Annabelle before, and I was staying up. Stayed up one night before work. I was like, eh, got a little burst of energy. And I was like, new year, got to watch new movies. I always watch the same shit. I was like, I'm going to watch Annabelle. No one told me. I thought it was going to be stupid. It was actually pretty scary. I thought it was pretty fucking scary. And I think I got into this really deep rabbit hole doing research and stuff that night about it too. But with the new partnership with Blumhouse and with Atomic Monster, this is actually the 10-year anniversary in October of when Annabelle, the 2014 original one was released and it would make a pretty sick house i'm just saying yeah, super cool. you never know you never freaking know in that, that know. demon, that demon in it he's he's scary <laughs> real scary it, no but i i really is. i really enjoyed it actually i didn't think i was gonna like it because i'm not really a huge killer doll fan unless it's like dead silence but and chucky sometimes but this was actually it was yeah. actually really good so now i gotta watch the rest of the annabelle universe films that i have not seen yet yeah, it is. It is a good time. Um, but yeah, that about wraps it up. Uh, go check out our Shutter Sundays uh, in regards to next week. Uh, that is to be determined because we are leaving. Me and Jamie are going out to California on Thursday for a week. So we'll see. We'll see if we uh, can sneak an episode in on uh, earlier next week and kind of get that out to you while we're while we're out on the West Coast. But yeah, we got some cool stuff. We're going to go check out yeah. where Lost Boys was filmed. I want to go see where Zodiac Killer murdered a bunch of people. Uh, maybe we'll do some videos for the YouTube page. And, and We also are going that. to. Yeah, I was just going to say you you basically said it, Nick. <laughs> We're going to do a lot of fun stuff. I'm really excited. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll kind of keep you posted on our socials if we're able to crank out an episode or not. If we are, we'll probably just do something similar where we can talk about other characters that we think uh, should be kind of reconsidered and kind of put this as like a part one, part two series, maybe a part three if we can dig deep enough. But uh, that's all I got for this week. Anybody else got any last minute thoughts before we sign off? Think I'm good. A whole bunch of no's. All right, well, until next time, this is Nick. This is Seamus. This is Jamie. Happy haunts. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check them out, Spotify, Facebook, 
Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.